reading of the word of the Lord with me today. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, very familiar passage today. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, the Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. God bless you. You can be seated today. This is adult Sunday school. It's not parenting class. Uh, we didn't come to teach a parenting class today. What we're going to teach today would be good for parents, but it's not just good for parents. It's good for all of us. Boy, it got quiet. I'm really not teaching a parenting class today. <laughs> you can apply these things if you're a parent, but uh, this message isn't just for parents. It's not just for children. This message today is for everyone. How many times have you heard, train up a child in the way they should go? And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. I have two children that I trained to be apostolic. I have two children that I taught this way. And they're older and they've departed from it. Is the Bible wrong? I have, uh, I was taught by my dad. My dad was a telephone man. He took me to work with him. I became a telephone man, a good one. Does that mean because my daddy took me to work as a telephone man when I was older, I had to be a telephone man? That's not what that means. So what does it mean? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he'll not depart from it. If it's not talking about teach him to be what you are. If it's not talking about teach him the occupation that you have. We apply them to those situations, but what if it means something altogether different? And that's what I came to talk about today. Train them up what if some of us who are adults weren't trained when we were children does that mean it's too late for us what if some of us weren't raised in church didn't have this opportunity to live for God is it too late because we were trained one way so when we're old we can't depart from that thank God that's not true it's never too late it's never too late to live for God. It's kind of like investing in your retirement, right? The earlier you start, the better. We teach young people, I hope you're putting in your retirement. Brother Enoch, I hope you start your retirement. If you will consistently put into your retirement, beginning at an early age, when you retire, should the Lord tell you, you'll be a millionaire. How many times have you heard that? How many times was I told that? Did I do it? Of course not. But what if you did? It's like investment. The earlier you start, the better it will be when you grow old. And it's never, this is what they taught me, it's never too late to start. If you haven't started investing and you're in your middle age and you have a job and you're not doing your 401k, why not? 
Your company matches it. That's free money. We didn't come to talk about money today. What does this mean? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. The word train up. Train up a child. That word, that phrase, train up, is actually one word, and it is properly to narrow, figuratively to initiate or discipline, to dedicate, to train up. That's what we usually think about it as. But in the Strong's definition of that phrase, train up, in parentheses it says compare, and it gives another Strong's number, so I compared it. That Hebrew word, Hebrew 26, 14, is only in the Bible twice. Now, train up, in the definition of that phrase, it said compare. Okay, so to help me understand train up, I'm going to go compare what that other Greek word means. It's only in the Bible twice. The first instance in the Bible is 2 Samuel chapter 17. Some of us will remember Absalom rebelled. Absalom rebelled against the king. He went and tried to get everybody to come to his side. And there was a, another man that joined himself to that and rebelled also. And his name was Ahithophel. You remember Ahithophel? Ahithophel, he... He cleaved to Absalom, and Absalom says, What do you think we ought to do? In other words, he gave counsel to Absalom, and he said, This is what you ought to do. You ought to do thus and such. And he gave counsel to Absalom, and nobody took his advice. They didn't take his advice. That's a very condensed version. If you want to go read it, go read 2 Samuel chapter 16. We don't have time for that today. I just need you to know that Ahithophel gave some advice to someone who was trying to uh, usurp the king. Ahithophel gave advice. 2 Samuel chapter 17 verse 23 says this, And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed... When Ahithophel knew, well, I tried to make uh, legion with the one who was usurping the king. I gave him counsel. He asked me, and he didn't take it. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order, and hanged himself, and died, and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. And that phrase, hanged himself, is the word that we're supposed to compare to train up. The fact that Ahithophel's advice was not followed, it concerned him so. He knew he had messed up. Why? Because he had also usurped the king. And he had made legion with the one who was usurping the king. And he gave advice to that person. It wasn't followed. So the only recourse he had was to go set his house in order and hang himself. 
What's that got to do with training up a child? When we decide we're going to live for God, when we repent and change the way we think, we are actually, at that moment, in legion with someone usurping the king, our flesh. Our flesh has lived, when we, before we come to God, our flesh has lived its entire life usurping the king. The carnal mind is the enemy of God. It can't live for God. We can't live for God in our carnal mind. And we have, we have made legion with that because we didn't know better, right? We were just born. We were just people, right? We just live. And we have made legion with that that has usurped the king. And there comes a time when God calls us that the flesh gives us advice. The flesh wants us to keep living the way we were living. But you can't live for God and the flesh at the same time. So what has to happen is your flesh, which is you, has to come to the realization the only way I can survive in the Spirit is to take my flesh, put my house in order, and crucify it. Do away with what was usurping the king. Are you following me today? You have to be willing to crucify your flesh if you want to live this way. And what the, Bible, what the Strong's told us was compare in the Bible to training up a child to someone crucifying their flesh what if train up a child is not tell them what to do but to teach them to control their flesh what if training up a child is teaching that child not just not just and you got to have discipline we'll get there not just the discipline but the understanding why the discipline is there and we're teaching that child how to control themselves. This is why when we come to God as an adult, we don't understand how to live for God. Because nobody taught us to control ourselves. And we think we can come into the kingdom and we can live any way we want to live because it's all about me. Well, it's not all about me. And it's not all about you. It's all about crucifying this flesh. It's all about teaching ourselves now. Oh. I don't get to live the way I want to live. I have to live the way he wants me to live. Ahithophel put his house in order and hanged himself. That's one place that we're supposed to compare to train up a child. The other place is in Nahum. Nahum chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Nahum chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 the Bible says, where is the dwelling of lions and the feeding place of the young lions? Where the lion, even the old lion, walked and the lions whelp and none made them afraid. The lion did tear in pieces enough for his whelps and strangled for his lionesses and filled the holes with prey and his dens with raven. That phrase 
tear in pieces. That don't make sense, does it? What's that got to do with training up? We're talking about the old lion. We're talking about a lion who has who has fought some battles, who has killed some prey. We're talking about a lion who has survived this long because he knew how to hunt. He knew how to provide. That's what it says. He was such a good lion that where his family walked, nobody was afraid in his family. You know who was afraid? The ones that messed with his family. The lion tore in pieces. He tore in pieces not for himself, he tore in pieces for his kids and he tore in pieces for his wife. And he filled his house with nourishment. We're to compare that with train up a child. How do we do that? Dad, it's your job. Mom, if you don't have a dad that's living for God or you're a single mom, it's your job. As the head of that household, you know how to live this way. If you hadn't, you're in Ahithophel's shoes. But if you know how to live this way and you've been living this way a long time, it's our responsibility to bring enough nourishment in the Spirit to our home that our kids are fed, our wife is fed, and our house is full of sustenance that we have killed. Dads, we have an important job. It's up to us. Well, Pastor Wood, I wasn't raised in church. That's the point of this message. The point of this message is if we can teach our kids to discipline themselves when they get older, they'll know how to discipline themselves and they'll live for God. But if we don't know how to discipline ourselves, how are we going to teach somebody else how to discipline themselves? Oh, we can discipline. But there's more to it than just the discipline. There's the training them up. Again, this isn't a parenting class. But parents, you ought to be teaching your child to control themselves. We live in a world today, it's not just in the church, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody today. I hope you'll let me teach the lesson God gave me. We live in a world today where you go out into the store, the kids rule the parents. The parents don't discipline the kids. The kids get what they want. Uh, we see it all the time. You, you go in the store, and there's a, a kid holding a bag of candy, crying, screaming. Because the parent said no. And because the parent doesn't want to hear the screaming and doesn't want to, basically doesn't know how to handle it. Why? Because they don't know how to control themselves. And because they don't understand self control, they can't teach their children self control. And what happens? It gets worse and worse and worse. But thank God through the Holy Ghost, those of us that are here and have received wisdom from God, we can learn to discipline ourselves. And then if we're parents, we can teach our children to discipline themselves. Oh, I rule with a rod of iron. Yeah, but what about when you're not there? See, this is the thing. This is the when they're older, they'll not depart from it. 
We've got to teach them self-discipline. And if we don't have it, we can't teach it. Does this make sense today? So we're to compare the crucifixion of the flesh and the passing that on to the next generation with train up a child in the way he should go. If you want your kids to be successful living for God, fill your house. Fill your house with the things that you have killed and that you are successful in in living for God. You've heard it said before, actions speak louder than words. Your kids watch you more than they listen to you. They listen. They listen. <laughs> How many parents will say they listen? <laughs> But they watch more than they listen. Uh, many years ago, a friend of mine had a dog, and they had a kid. And <laughs> some friends of mine made the comment about that kid because of the life they lived. I can't wait to see that kid crawling around on the floor with that dog. I guess unknowingly or didn't have sense enough to realize their kid was there when they said it. And the next time that kid was in the presence of this couple with the dog and the baby on the floor, they said, my daddy said he can't wait to see your youngin crawling around on the floor with that dog. <laughs> you know what happened? Listen, now I'm trying to help us today. This child didn't know how to control itself because this parent didn't know how to control itself in the child's presence. They listen and they watch. There's no kids in here besides Noah. What about us? Is it too late? Have we gotten this far where we can't learn to control ourselves? No, it's just like investing. Why not start today? Why not, why not grain yourself in today? If you see your flesh making legion with one that is usurping the king, you got to kill that flesh. Nobody else can do it but you. I can't do it. Your spouse can't do it. Your parents can't do it. You have to do it. And your kids are watching. Your kids are watching how you handle your flesh. And they're going to allow their flesh to get away with what you allow your flesh to get away with. I hope this is making sense today. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It is right. Your kids ought to obey you. That's right. The Lord says it's right. We, we, uh, <laughs> we, we tell that to our children. You better obey me. They're watching more than they're listening. Verse 2, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, verse 4, Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition 
of the Lord. Now you got to, again, this isn't a parenting class. You've got to apply this to us who were once children. Nobody taught us. We have to teach this to ourselves. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Inside everybody in this room is a Noah. All of us. Our little us is still here. You didn't get rid of him. Every now and then I go visit him down at the creek swamp in Tennessee. I'll go all the way back to Clotville, and I'll get myself in that swamp where it was just me and the squirrels. Didn't have a care in the world. Why? I'm escaping. I'm, a, I'm escaping to that childhood. It don't work. It doesn't work. What we have to do is to train up that child in the way he or she should go. And we have to apply Ephesians 6 and 4. Provoke not that child to wrath, but bring it up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I hope you're able to make this leap with me of the child that we parent and the child in us. Because this is who we struggle with, is us. This is, who we, this is who we most often fight against, is us. Because listen, if you didn't know this was right, you wouldn't be here. But that little child bows up every now and then and says, no, I want my way. And as the parent of me, that makes sense i got to make sure you're going with me today as the parent of me i have to train up that child and i don't do it by provoking it to anger one version says fathers don't make your children angry but raise them with the kind of teaching and training you learn from the lord oh well, my mama was this way and i'll always be this way that's the world's way of thinking. We're, we're not rebelling against the king anymore. We're making legion with the king. He put us in his army. One version says, Parents, do not treat your children in such a way as to make them angry. Instead, raise them with Christian discipline and instruction. We've got to be willing and able to discipline ourselves. And if our parents didn't teach us how, that's no excuse. That's why we have a church. That's why we preach the Word. That's why, yes, we have a list, but we try to teach us the why of the list. We don't want to come in here and just the discipline. If we can teach the self-control of the list to each of us, the list takes care of itself. One version says this, Fathers, don't make your children bitter about life. Instead, remember I'm talking about this kid. Don't make your children bitter about life. Instead, bring them up in Christian discipline and instruction. And this is what one other version says, Don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. You know who's harder on you than anybody? You. You beat yourself up more than anybody. That's your flesh. You need to take that joker to a tree and hang it. Not really. 
Don't be tying no nooses in your backyard. I'm talking about you've got to crucify your flesh. Don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the Master. Come on. But I want to get... No, no, we're not going to do that. We can control that. Y'all ever told your kids that? I don't know. If you have or not. If you hadn't, you need to. <laughs> No, we don't have to do that. We can control that. Let me show you how. By controlling myself. Now, talk to the one down in there. Us adults. Next time we want to pitch a fit. We can control that. Let me show you how. By the principles of the word of God. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. You're not going to live for God by accident. You got to get a hold of you. We've heard it said this way before. You got to grab yourself by the nap of the neck and say, you're going to pray today. You're going to fast today. You're going to. Be pleasant today. You're going to, what we preached just a week ago, I think, you're going to accentuate the positive today and you're going to eliminate the negative today. Getting down there where we live, ain't it? There's a difference in training and discipline. There's a difference. It takes both. You do have to have discipline. I'm not negating discipline. My sister Tana will tell you. <laughs> I know about discipline. But I don't want to just beat my youngins because they don't know how to behave without teaching them how to behave. I'll be beating them the rest of their life. I'm talking about us now. Listen, I'm not. this ain't a parenting class. If this hits you while you're parenting, that's Jesus. I'm talking about us. Okay? I'm talking about us. I know how to discipline myself. I do. <laughs> I know how to make myself do what I need to do. But it's a whole lot easier to learn the why, and then I want to do it. Oh, wow. This is life more abundant. Not having to drag myself everywhere I go. Don't ever say that. <laughs> Why do y'all do that? Well, my pastor says I have to. I've never said you had to do anything. <laughs> I've tried to teach us how and why. There is a difference in training and discipline. Proverbs 22 and 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. It's, it's tied to their heart. They didn't ask to be that way. They were just born, and they didn't ask to be born. They just are. And when they were born, bound up in their heart was foolishness. It's there. Sister Laura, you got four of them. <laughs> you, got, you got a bunch of it. 
I keep saying it's not a parenting class. And I'm using these parenting things just to help us understand ourselves. That flesh, that child, it come with foolishness bound to its heart. We have to understand that. If we don't deal with that, it's still bound there. Foolishness, if we don't crucify the flesh. That's why when somebody loses the battle against the spirit and the flesh, we understand they lost the battle because they start acting foolishly. A bunch of foolishness comes back. Why? Because that flesh has resurrected and we see the foolishness and they don't. Kid, don't think he's doing nothing wrong. I saw something just today. <laughs> this little kid walks up. Sister Hannah, you'll appreciate this. Little kid walks up in overalls. His mama said, what you got in there? He said, nothing. She reached over and pulled down in his bibs a chicken out of his overall bibs. <laughs> I guess the chicken's name was nothing. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't see anything wrong with that. That was his buddy. That was his friend. Man, I'm gonna Man, I love this chicken. Killing it in there. And we got to understand, in our child, us, is bound up foolishness. And we've got to learn to recognize when we start acting foolishly, what's happening? Ahithophel is coming back to life. And you need to take him back to the tree. I'm talking about Calvary. You need to take him back to the tree and put Ahithophel back under so you can be victorious. One version says it this way. Well, wait a minute. Uh, I can't forget this. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, verse 15 of Proverbs 22, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. We don't preach against corporal punishment. We believe you have to use it. We just believe you have to use it wisely. There's a difference in discipline and training. There's also a difference in discipline and beating. There's a difference in discipline and abuse talking about in here i might have to keep reminding you of that because these parents are going to think i'm talking about them and i'm not if it applies there's a difference in you dealing with yourself in an abusive way why do people cut they're trying to get away from the pain it never made sense to me that's foolish isn't it that you would cause pain to get away from pain it's foolish isn't it because foolishness is bound up there that's all they know. Why do they run to drugs and alcohol? That's foolishness. When you get up in the morning, you got the worst headache of your life, or you may not remember where you parked your truck, or you may have run off the one who loves you the most. Why? That's foolishness. And if we don't teach ourselves to deal with that, yes, there's a rod of correction. But remember, we're not to incur the wrath of our children using it. Don't make, I'm talking about in here, <laughs> don't make your child hate you because you go to church. Some people live for God out of spite. If you have to drag yourself to church, you haven't crucified Ahithophel. And living for God is a dredge to you. Going to church is drudgery to you. Until you crucify Ahithophel, it always will be. And you're going to have to take the rod of correction to yourself.
One version says it this way. Children do foolish things. Some things our natural kids do, you know what? It's just kids. They just did it because they're kids. Boys eat dirt. <laughs> what do girls do? Do they? Okay, well, there you go. What do girls do, Sister Laura, or Sister Ashley? Well, Sister Laura, no, too. She's over there. <laughs> That's foolishness. But it's a kid. In their mind, it makes sense. There was a, a young man. His name was Kenny. I love Kenny to death. Bless his heart. He was abused as a child, badly abused. You, you think of a way he was abused? He was abused that way. It's a sad, sad story. And we would have meals at church. And Kenny would come to church in his suit. Had one suit. He'd wear his suit to church. And before he went home, both pockets would be bulging. Every pocket he had would be bulging with food. Because he was starved at home. That was his discipline. That's abuse. Somebody shoot that squirrel. Children do foolish things, but if you punish them, they will learn not to do them. That's true. You've got to punish them. Now, we can apply this to these, but I'm talking about in here. You've got to learn to punish yourself. How do you do that? Somebody told me the other day, three-day fast, cure about anything. You don't believe me? Try it. You got to learn to discipline yourself. Another version says children just naturally do silly things. <laughs> they do careless things. But a good spanking will teach them how to behave. And here's the other end of the pendulum. If you never get on to yourself, you're not in control of yourself. Yourself is in control of you. You got to be willing to give yourself a good lashing every now and then. You got to be willing to stand in that mirror when nobody else is home and say, You better straighten up. Am I the only one's ever had to do that? I might be. If you're not willing to be honest with yourself as much as you criticize everybody else, I've got to be willing to hold myself to the same standard I hold the rest of the church to. Oh, they, I can't believe they wore that. I wish yours was that good. <laughs> We've got to be willing to discipline ourselves. Another version said, Foolishly is, Foolishness is firmly attached to a child's heart. Spanking will remove it far from them. And the last version of this one says this, Young people are prone to foolishness and fads. The cure comes through tough-minded discipline. This is the battleground. Oh, that's tough. I can't do that. Yes, you can. There is no temptation. Everybody say no temptation. There is no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. And with every trial, the Bible says, God makes a way of escape. There is a way to escape. You just got to want to. <laughs> 
you got to make yourself choose the escape. Oh, but it's too much fun. Listen, I have three degrees in sarcasm. I'm very good at it. Very good at it. But I had to learn as a pastor, I can't do that with everybody. Because I think it's funny. That's not wise. I had to tell myself after my wife told me 10 or 12 times. <laughs> I'm glad I have a help me. I'm glad I have somebody uh, that can be honest with me. But how about me being honest with myself? Just because it's fun don't mean it's right. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3. We're going to read a little bit of scripture here. For consider him. Remember, we're talking about training up our child. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Ain't nobody held a gun to your head, making you live for God. Here's the sad story. I'm going to preface it the way I always do. I don't want nobody to leave. But that door opens wide. You can come in it. You can go out it. I don't want nobody to leave. Not talking about you. If you think I'm talking to you, you need to come talk to me and I'll help you pray through that. That's a spirit. But nobody's forcing us to do this. <laughs> Nobody is holding a gun to our head. Nobody has resisted to blood yet, living for God, striving against sin. Verse 5, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto us as unto children. There is an exhortation that tries to get to us as little children. What did Jesus say? Except you receive him as a little child. You've got to go back there. Because that's where it all stems from. That's where it's all at. You've heard me say before, by seven, they're set. Oh, well, nobody after seven, if they didn't get the Holy Ghost, they can't get it. No, no, that's not what it means. It means there's something down in there that if you're over seven and you are because you're not in there, there's things down there that were set when you were that age and you got to deal with them. That's what an altar is for. That's what Calvary's for. That's what Easter is all about. He took His flesh to Calvary and crucified it. And it wasn't over. It got better. Because he said, unless I go away, the comforter can't come. I'll not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. But only after he crucified the flesh. Some of us have no comfort because we won't discipline ourselves. For whom, verse 6, the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Let me finish verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. I used to hate it every time she'd say it. And my mama said it every time. This hurts me more than it hurts you. And I'm like, give me the belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it don't. But she knew what she was talking about. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And she loved this old boy. She still does. Thank God. But she loved me enough to discipline me. 
For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, you're going to be chastened. And it's a whole lot easier to chasten yourself than to have to be chastened by God. But if you ain't got sense enough and God has to chasten you, whereof all are partakers, the Bible says, everybody in here has been chastened by God. Then you are bastards and not sons. If, you, if nobody's ever able to correct you, you don't have a daddy. If nobody's ever able to correct you, 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 you are without discipline. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. You better believe Jack Wood had my respect. I respected my daddy. I loved my daddy. But I learned at an early age to respect this sound. Because when I heard that, it was too late. I'd already crossed a line. And I respected my daddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> we had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? What the world could use is a little bit of respect for God, a little less respect for self. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemed to be joyous. Nobody likes a whooping. It's grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. Well, God's getting on to me right now, so he loves you. He's doing it because he wants you to learn Lift up the hands which hang down and feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men, including yourself, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Oh, I got my sleeves right. I'm following holiness. What about peace with all men, including ourselves? Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. So if in, if in Paul's day many were defiled by bitterness, don't you know there's that many more people in the world today defiled by bitterness? And nobody can dig that out but you and Jesus. I can teach you the principles. I can show you in the Word that it's possible. But we have to do the hard work ourselves. Well, nobody taught me how. That's why we have church. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. How many times have we decided to allow our flesh to be gratified for some little trinket? You know what we're doing? We're selling our birthright. What a shame, eh? Verse 17. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, 
For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. We can get to the place. If we allow our flesh to control us long enough, we can get to the place we can't get back. Nobody. Nobody. Can outlove God. Nobody can pull us out of the hand of God. Nobody. But we can sear our conscience by continually giving in to the flesh. And we do it and we run to God and ask forgiveness. And every morning His mercy is new. He's faithful. His grace is there and He forgives us. And we go doing right and then the enemy comes again. And we think about it, but man, I really enjoyed that. So we go do it again. And He's a merciful God. Aren't you glad every morning His mercy is new? Aren't you glad grace is available? And we live for God. And then the enemy brings a buddy. And we resist. Well, the Bible says resist the devil and he shall flee. He'll be back. And he catches us when we're down. He knows when to do it. And we give in again. And this time we're condemned. Because we've been to God, and God is faithful, but we're not faithful. And now condemnation creeps in. I'm glad the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. All you got to do is get up and quit. you got to discipline yourself, and when the enemy comes, you have to put him in his place. How do you do that? Same way Jesus did. It is written. I will discipline myself. And me and Jesus, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. Oh, my goodness. I got a long way to go. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I hope this is all right today. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness, now i got to go from, I'm not talking to the parents, to I'm not talking to Grandma Sue and Sister Lynn. <laughs> but if the shoe fits. <laughs> but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profit is little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. All of us want to go to heaven, but the kingdom of God is now. It's among you. We're living it now. We just get to go there afterwards. What a bargain. Verse 9, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. I, I, I guess I'm going to have to finish this next week. If y'all don't run me off. <laughs> One version says verse 7 this way. I hope you're listening and I hope you're understanding. I'm talking about disciplining ourselves. Verse 7 said, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. One version says it this way, But have nothing to do with unclean and foolish stories. Give yourself training in religion. Now, we're not religious people. I don't like religion. But it's talking about godliness. We can latch on to things we hear in the world and, and we can latch on to things that the world uses and if it works, the principles of it came from here. 
One version says this, People tell silly stories that don't agree with God's truth. Don't follow what these stories teach. There's a lot of things. Man, you can get, I was talking to somebody the other day, and he said, well, man, just start your podcast. Everybody else is. I mean, you can get whatever podcast you want out there. And great, I'm not condemning the podcast. I'm not preaching against podcasts. I'm talking about there are some podcasts out there that are directly and diametrically opposed to God and the truth that we know of God. And they tell silly stories. Don't follow what these stories teach. But teach yourself to be devoted to God. Teach yourself. I will be devoted to God's truth. We went to a concert Friday night. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name now. Uh, Con, what was his name? No. <laughs> you need to put that under the blood. <laughs> it, was a, it was Chris Tomlin. So we went there, and Max Licato was there, and he got up and gave a message. And a friend of Sister Tana's was there, and she was down there texting Tana. And I said, tell her, I said, why are you texting in church? It was a joke, right? And uh, she texts back, because it's been the same thing the last four times I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, he told a story about his uncle. I lie to you not, he told a story about his uncle. How that his uncle never lived for God. Had watched his family live for God his whole life. And he never lived for God. And his uncle was on his deathbed in the hospital. And they allowed him in there. And he went and saw his uncle. And he said, tell me if I get it wrong. He said, he told his uncle, Uncle, I know you can't talk very much right now, but I know you can hear me. And I'm going to pray this prayer, the salvation prayer. I'm going to pray this prayer. And when I'm done praying, if you believe it, say amen. And he said he prayed the prayer, and he went through it, I accept the Lord, and all that stuff. And when he got done, his uncle said, Amen. And he said, and he went to heaven. No, he didn't. That's foolishness. That's, that's so easy to refute with Scripture. But they want the easy believism. They, they want the easy way out. Why? Because they don't want to discipline themselves. People teach all kinds of silly stories, but teach yourself to be devoted to God. Another version says this, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. We can chase so many things, and they're silly, and they never come true. Some of them do, but most of them don't. Anybody remember Q? Anybody remember Q? Am I the only one that knew what Q was? Did you? Well, I know it still is, but what what that they have predicted has come to pass. Hillary ain't in prison. <laughs> if a prophet gives a prophecy and it don't come to pass, you know he's a false prophet. That was their first tweet. They're going to arrest Hillary. It's a lie. But we latch on to it. Why? Because we want a way out. The only way out is to discipline ourselves. Another version says this. Keep away from those godless legends which are not worth telling. Keep yourself in training for a godly life. Train yourself. Train up a child in the way he should go. 
If you'll learn this, the earlier you can learn this. The earlier you can learn this, the easier your life's going to be. Self-control is an untaught art anymore because nobody wants to be bothered with it. It's by design. The world knows this. I read today that COVID deaths in the world is over 15 million people they took out in the last two years. That's the point. Oh, we can run after, uh, do what you want. You know, I don't, I ain't got three minutes and I got, <laughs> I got three quarters of a page left. I guess we'll continue this next week. <laughs> and lastly, another version says this, and I like this. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Oh, it don't take all that. Well, no, it don't take all that if you want to go to heaven. <laughs> if you want to fool yourself into thinking you're going to go to heaven and you don't know who Jesus is without the Spirit of Christ, what does the Bible say? You are none of His. Just because you got a fish on your bumper don't mean you're going to heaven. And I'm not condemning anybody. I'm trying to warn everybody. You need to learn how to take control of yourself. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily. In God. And it says this. It's the message if you want to go read it for yourself. <laughs> I laughed because I need some help. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 in the message says this. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> But why aren't we as concerned about the physical condition of our spirit? Does that make sense? Physical spirit, huh? That's what Jesus was, wasn't it? Why aren't we as concerned about what our spirit man looks like as we are what our physical man looks like? You know why? Because everybody else sees this. Can't nobody see that but Jesus. Let's stand. i got to get done today. I hope this is helping. I guess we're going to try to... If, if, I hadn't heard nobody say yeah when I've mentioned that. I don't know if y'all want me to keep doing this or not. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't want to have lived this way my whole life and miss it. I love this life. This is the best life. I've lived them both. Some of us haven't. I've lived them both. I testify today. This is the best life. But I don't want to live this way my whole life and not make heaven. I need to learn how to discipline myself. I need to learn how to train up my child in the way it should go. Let's pray. God, we thank you today for another opportunity to look into your word. I ask you, God, that you would touch each of us and help us, Lord, to hide these words in our heart. Help us to take control of ourself, God. Help us to discipline ourself, God. Help us, Lord, to be ready when you come back. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. We'll take a few minutes break before we change the order of the service.